who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll see what they show up for and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin is available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Mother May I Sleep a Podcast, everyone. I'm Molly McAleer, and today I am joined by my friend Evan. We met on TikTok. I, I know you might be noticing a theme this season, first season nine. We met on TikTok through our friend Smirk Gently, who I've, I just booked. Evan from Left of the Projector. How do you know Smirk Gently? Do you know her from, from TikTok as well? Yeah, I think all, I think all my friends are from TikTok now. Apparently, yeah, it's like the new Tumblr sort of. Well, I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. TikTok has been a really great resource for booking the podcast because I just want people who are smart at what they do, and that and then they find they know people that are smart. Like you helped me find a goddamn CTE expert did did that person did that did that happen oh yeah i'm fully in touch with the cte person Uh, she's a doctor you guys it's steady cte which i think you guys also know i think i believe i have and i'm not trying to be flippant but i do think that there's something like there's a little bit like a little tbi to me i think and yeah so it's going to be huge i have an svu i'm going to do with her if you know what it is don't spoil it you guys for everyone else don't spoil it but we're going to have a CTE expert on the show, as well as Smirk Gently, who I had to ask her after I booked her, like, oh, hey, what's your real name, by the way? Yeah, I, she doesn't. She doesn't. She keeps it under wraps. She does. But like, don't I feel like I feel like people are always going to be their usernames to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Eben, we met because she set us up to do your pod. How would you how would you describe left of the projector yeah so i mean like you said i I, i've gotten with the exception of some like friends most of my guests on my podcast have been from tiktok a lot of repeat guests my podcast is basically talking about a movie each week you know mostly from sort of leftist themes and we might do movies that we don't like and we just talk shit about them or we might do movies we really like and have a fun conversation and and we talked about ferris bueller so you can hear molly talk about ferris bueller's day off 
Yes, it was that I love Ferris Bueller. And yes, I really had fun doing that with you. You presented me with some pretty fucking mind blowing (laughs) theories. So yeah, I think I like kind of like have a a menti B a little at the end of it because I'm like, wait a minute. I have there's guys you have to go to his episode to find the theory, but link uh shoot me the link and I'll post it in the show notes. I will. Yeah, I was about to say what it was, but you have to go, you have to go find that for yourself. Don't say it, dude. It's a we have to do a teaser. It's see, listen, he this is such a this is what how much of a leftist he is. He was gonna give that away for free on my podcast, you know. <laughs> My inner Capricorn, honey, is coming through and saying, We're, we've got to redirect to your business. This is how we do things in the Shark Tank. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. I, 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 okay, I'll, be, I'll be more mindful from now on. Welcome to the tank, Evan. Okay, so this is an episode we picked that actually I was really, there was, I did not know because like SVU, like Lifetime, will often use just a still of a character actor that has no fucking impact on the story as their like main IMDb photo. And I think it was just a lady. And I kind of was like, well, this, st- I don't know that this is going to really pop for me. But this was, this was quite the episode. And I was really, I think there's a lot for you and I, particularly to, in particular, to discuss. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty I hadn't seen honestly an episode of the show in a long time. So this was one of the first I've seen in ages and I hadn't heard of it, but I found it pretty interesting as I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll we'll discuss. I found I found and, and I think it's funny you said that cuz I was looking through other episodes and most of them I don't even know who that actor actor is who's on the screen. I think it was she was only in the, in the episode for what 30 seconds. I think she was a doctor. Uh, no, right? yeah, just about thir- just about 30 seconds. She's and she's like not even the main Emmy. Like obviously, no. you know, Tamara Tooney is like the main Emmy Warner is is the main bitch. Did she even did they, did they even say where she was? Like where no. why this la- random lady was in? They didn't. She was just there making like weird jokes. It was super awkward. I do I do think those sometimes with these cases the sheer amount of sex crimes that happen in a city like New York, which by doesn't just include if you've seen the show, just include sexual assault. It is all all things come through SVU. It seems like these people are, are really work 24 seven. And I think that's why in so many ways I don't care about their personal lives. And this was a good one where we didn't dive into the detectives personal lives at all. No, this was like just straight up kind of I don't know. I, I mean, being that it's, uh, you know, the kind of format it is, there wasn't any backstory. Like, I didn't remember that much because I haven't seen, I'm not a CSI junkie. So I didn't see much of this. I just said CSI, even though we're talking about Law and Order. I'm not no, a Law and Order fine. junkie. That's so. fine. Do you think that this is, though, maybe the, the writer's subtle way to acknowledge that sometimes Warner, like maybe she takes Tuesdays off or something? <laughs> Yeah, she got she had to she had a little uh, little vacation. That's the way I want my SVU characters personalized. Okay, wait. So, what is your favorite episode, if you don't mind me asking? Of, of a favorite episode of Law and Order? I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I I, I have a a deep enough uh, cut understanding to give one. I, I I so I used to watch this occasionally when I was younger. I believe I don't. I think my parents watched the original Law and Order, not the yeah. the spinoff one. So I used to you know occasionally. They'd be watching it at night and I would try and like stay up late as a kid to get a peek of these episodes. But they were also into other ones like 
they like NYPD Blue. I think that was their favorite cop. Oh, so. yeah. They would have gotten along very well with Shauna, my mom, for sure. Those were her like, those were her jams. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do it wrong by trying to pick one. Mm. Wasn't there a guy like who was the hottie, the man on NYPD Blue? NYPD Blue. Oh, man. Was it like. No, don't. You're going to kill me because this is going to be. Is, was it like Tony Shalhoub? No. Wasn't it Jimmy? Wasn't Jimmy Smith on that show? Probably. He, 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 maybe he wasn't the main person. I don't know who Jimmy Shalhoub even is. I'm just thinking or I, this other guy. I'm so, I, I This was the dumbest game to play because I don't know what anyone looks like, honestly. No, they had that guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Jimmy Smith. But I, again, he's like. I don't know. This was this was when was that show on the mid nineties? I guess so. It's been a while. Yeah, let me look it up. Hold on. I'm so so. My E key is falling off of my laptop, like the letter E. Oh my god, that's so sad. Because Evan, I could never type your name again if this. Oh, I'd no. have to. I'd have to. I could never write the description for this episode. You you have to just put my TikTok screen name because that's that's all I am anyway. I'm just a TikTok name. Oh yeah, that's right. We're keeping you. I think that's a good cur- welcome to the tank. We're going to change the name of the company. So NYPD Blue started in 1993. Sounds about right. To 2005. That's like my entire childhood. Okay. So, okay, listen. So we're going to open up the episode. Are they running through a college, you think? I thought it was a university building, but you live in New York. This Which young part? Couple. Young opening oh. scene at the fountain. Yeah, I mean, I guess they were young. They could have been like at NYU or something, and they could have been. Oh, that's kind of far from NYU. Give or no, take. it'd be Hudson yeah. University. That's the only college on the show. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I guess they it could have been like at a because that's that's kind of like in the dead middle of like actually not the dead middle. It's kind of in the middle of Central Park down there. So okay, who knows what they were know. doing? They, they okay. were they were at a club. They were at a club. They got hammered and they wandered into the park and wanted to go swimming. So these two have been clearly on drugs themselves. That's where this like ties into the episode. I don't know if they're on Molly or maybe they're dealing with some sort of low grade college. Uh, what are they called? Oh, like I should have I should know this, but like psilocybin, right? Like what are they called? Mush- oh, that- mushrooms. Yeah. Well, like that level of drugs. What's that? Oh, psychedelics. Okay. Psychedelics. Yeah. They seem to be on something like that, right? And so, did you? What did you think of this? I thought this episode was going to start with him beating the shit out of her for making fun of his cabbage patch because <laughs> he got so defensive. And and, it, and what's I mean that would make it make sense if you're on uh, some hallucinogens because I feel like you get all testy and don't want people uh, messing with you and it ruins your buzz and your high. So, oh I think, yeah, I think no, that's right. The worst thing to deal with is like a drunk person when you're on mushrooms because you're like everything they say has an edge to it and then you're just like oh like uh, like i think everyone hates me and i should <laughs> yeah. move home i should move i should go live with my mom like that's what i start it's so sensitive so but that's how also all the rape culture sort of conversations go when it's like honestly it's not when a man is attracted to you it's when you humiliate him by laughing but so it's like i thought he was going to just murder her there but then it turns out they're actually when she strips naked runs toward the fountain there's a woman in there and the just whites of her eyes are absolutely red so the Emmy shows up. It's this other lady. We don't even really know who she is. But the water fountain, she's like talking to Stabler and Benson. And she's like, 
we find out that the water fountain is like very shallow, way too shallow for a person to drown unless she had been held under it or knocked out. But then the Emmy goes, she does have blood and semen in her hoochie hoo. I wrote that down. Oh, what a line. She forgot that. Yeah. She goes, sometimes I forget that there are people. And I was like, she just doesn't have the Emmy Warner touch. So they just, they discover like she has a chunk of hair missing. Must be yeah, she, she, she needs to work on her bedside manner. She like does. Need to, well, I mean, like, I guess like that's the thing is you don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess if all the people you're talking to are dead, who cares? Yeah, but I feel like it's like being mean to AI. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to talk to a recently dead person in a negative way. The same. You just like need to say thank you to Siri. Yeah, you can say those weird things when you're in like the morgue by yourself. Yeah, but once definitely once I don't know what you believe in, but <laughs> I want I don't want to deal with a spirit, you know, so. We're at this new station. I, they, I guess like it, there was an episode before this or something where the station was flooded and Olivia and Elliot are loving the space. Munch is not so happy though. This is like, there's workers everywhere, like people installing like electricity. There's like live wires and Munch gets white paint on his uniform, but Elliot has a better commute. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, you, you like it because you can, uh, you don't have to worry about the commute. Yeah, because that's I'm sure that's the number one thing for him. But Elliot always wins the day, I think. And I was like, you know, this isn't convenient for everyone. So Finn comes in and he says, Ice tea, of course. And he says he did some homework on the guy who cuts hair. He's a guy who likes to hang out in the park, sneak yeah. up on women, cut their hair. They call him Sassoon, which I know you guys know. I'm not playing the clip because I know exactly what you know like you know exactly what finn sounded like when he read that line yeah. well it's funny i did did he first did, didn't he first call him like the central park barber and then he's like oh and he goes by or maybe they were calling him the central park barber first i don't know here's what i'm gonna do i actually do want to give the writer of this episode out because while it was very bitty there was a lot of bits in this episode this was Oh, of course, it was a speedweed joint. <laughs> this is a speedweed episode. So, you know, like, of course, you know, speedweed, right? Yeah. Yeah, the best. But this is a very bit heavy episode. It's very, there's a lot of layers. They go very fast. It feels like I'm trying to think of another show where they just do dialogue at a pace that's like, I don't know, like if you're stoned, you're almost in trouble. Like you feel like you're missing so many nuances and that's maybe why Speedweed does so well in, in syndication is because you really have to sometimes listen to the sentences a few times. He does a lot of the, we're going to see the lullaby thing in a second. So we get a, a classic Olivia in sort of, I don't know if you'd even call this like, like, I don't know. She's like playing, she's kind of playing up the bit. So she's sitting on a bench next to Sassoon. If I was Sassoon, I would know I was in trouble, but this guy's not brilliant, truthfully. So she's sitting on the bench. She's pretending to be on the phone with her mom, talking about how like amazing and silky her new haircut is. And it looked pretty nice, I have to say. I, yeah, it did look really pretty. I also would just never believe that she had just gotten her hair done because it looks to me, it looks the same as it does every day. Sassoon. He's horny and he's hearing that she's single. That might also be part of the appeal. So he goes in for her with like, he goes in with the pair of scissors and Elliot jumps out right then. So this scene with Sassoon, it's only a minute long, but I'm going to play it because he 
there's Speedweed does such a, a, a this he's built a really beautiful I don't know which it's just like a palace of language honestly that happens in this scene and it's what really stood out to me so now the cell by the way the holding cell is in the middle of the fucking office which feels like UFC it's weird like you can walk around him I mean yeah exactly I was thinking like it's a wrestling match are they gonna drop in like Hulk Hogan on top of him Oh my God. Did you, I went to, or do you watch wrestling? Did we talk about this? I not for years, but I did when I was a kid, I was a wrestling fan. Oh, okay. You got to get into AEW. They're like progressive, but they did a ladder match when I saw them on January 11th at the Englewood forum. And yeah, it was great. Okay. So Sassoon is in, is in the cell in the middle of the station. And um, this is the clip here. 36 to 445. That girl in the fountain was already dead when I cut her hair. Yeah, but not when you raped her. You're going down for that and murder. No, no, I got a lullaby. You want to sing us a few bars? I was at Banana Trama all night. It's an alibi, not a lullaby, you moron. Banana Trama's that transvestite club in Columbus. I got a lap dance from Miss Terry. I'll let you check his lullaby from Banana Trama. It is what I live for. You gonna use your desk? Well, you go to the same place for years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Actually, I drove to the old precinct this morning. Any hits on our Jane Doe's prints? Nope. And it doesn't help that that keeps happening. Sorry. I'll get it fixed in a minute. The media room's up and running. Oh, come on. Who put that here? Come on, who? All goes to hell when Cragen's gone, huh? Bad news. Night manager at Banana Trama confirms Sassoon's lullaby. He's a regular. He was booted out of there for giving Miss Terry an unwanted bob. Okay, so I think the lullaby bit is a little too comedy for me. But when you think about it in the big picture of these people are writing the same goddamn thing every fucking week in some ways, right? You got to cover a lot of the same bases. I thought this was sort of this lullaby thing for this character who seems to be incredibly mentally ill. I thought this was clever. I don't know. I think, I mean, as not as someone who doesn't, isn't like a, doesn't watch that often. I thought it was like a refreshing little bit there to kind of, you know, he, he like, he like at first I'm like, is he drunk still from the night before? Is he just, you know, not right or both. So he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't know the legal lingo. Honey, he's a pervert. Yeah. He's he's creeping on girl's hair. Yeah. He's a pervert. So, but here's the, yeah, here's the thing. Like, uh, I, this is why I like to stick to lifetime when it's like, honey, I'm sorry your father died. And it's like, okay, I am selling the house though. Or like, I'm looking forward to, to being in the mountains. Like, you know what I mean? They just, they, they're so, it's so softball on lifetime that whenever something starts to get a little fast, I'm like, okay, easy. Easy. So we see a woman in a sharp red dress come in. Okay. This is the new ADA. She's not going to be around for long, guys. It's Mika Vaughn. And she's from Chicago. She's willing to switch from the Bears to the Giants. Elliot's like, no, it's the Jets. Do you have a do you have a team? I'm a Giants fan, but (laughs) I was gonna say it's funny. She kept dropping. She how many times in this episode does she drop her apartment? No, like someone trying to buy her apartment. I, I caught at least Call three. me. No, it's it's a it's a, her runner in the show is that she has a sun drenched apartment that she's selling in Chicago right now o- overlooking the, the 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 lake. And she brings this shit up 
so many times, like so many times that I felt like we were going to get a spinoff to Chicago. And I believe eventually we did, but I don't think it starts here. There was Chicago yeah. PD with Sophia Bush and like they did a few crossover episodes because I think they're both David E. Kelly's. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think in, I think in maybe in the description of the episode, they mentioned that she's going to be a short lived, you know, uh, ADA. So I'm thinking, OK, so what are the what are they going to give her in this episode to make it to make it stick that one time? Maybe like this was supposed to be our this was supposed to be our sign that she'd be OK, is that she has a nice apartment. Like, she's not hard up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's not hurting for money. But so she's brings them a little present. Okay. She's like, a, here's a host present or whatever. Basically, she got DNA from the victim. And it leads back to a woman named for on the semen. It leads back to a woman named Monica Worley. She was collared for assaulting a cop at the Republican National Convention in 2004. And they're like, what's she got to do with semen? And basically, she like describes the familial DNA match type type thing. That's like so I don't know. That's so zeitgeisty now, I think, especially with like the last I don't know, some big crimes recently, like Golden State Killer. And now that guy, Brian Koberg, who was arrested for the Moscow murders. Like, I just feel like that the familial the 23 in me of it all is such a, a hot topic. Yeah. And I, well, it's funny. I was, I, I was going to go back to the kind of funny line that she, that they mentioned that they were arrested for. They say, was it an assault at the 2004 Republican national convention? I just yeah. think it's a funny line. Like they just throw that in there. Like they're like, Oh, let's make them a little bit political so we can, you know, say that they, I don't know, they hate Republicans or something. I don't know. They they, they made that very specific for whatever reason. Right. So like this was from 2010. So just six years earlier, I think the point is of this is, is that she is a like hard leftist and her brother is sort of like a Tucker Max, likely Republican, like sort of loser. And she... It lives an int- interesting life, probably at the expense of some of her passions. Yeah, but she there. I think they're both probably financially pretty set based on what she says. Yeah, she has a tr- have trust funds. But do you, have you done twenty three and me? I have not. I I so my wife has done it a couple years ago. I don't remember. I think like when it was like really starting to get very popular, everyone was doing it. And I don't know. Then I saw some things about how they can sell your information to like pharmaceutical companies. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not doing this shit. So wait, are you and your wife planning on having kids or do you have kids? I do have kids. I have two kids. Yeah. So you're like fucked, man. If anything, if you ever commit a murder by accident, you're like now your kids are in the system. It's gonna come back to you. It's I, better, I, be, I better be careful. I better. Well, not... you could just start the snitch talk with your kids. Snitch talk, okay. Just be like, if like the police ever come to you and ask you about your DNA, say I have no fucking clue what you're talking about, man. No, I'm just, I'm just gonna like, sin, can I, like, can I singe off my, my, like, my, my fingerprints? I guess that doesn't work for your DNA. No, it doesn't. But you'll be okay. I'm sure it's. I just, I don't think you're a murdering type. And if you did, you'd probably. Uh, turn yourself in right we'll see okay so we go to like the exterior of a gallery monica is doing a thing she's uh, like a mime on the street and she's wearing like all white with a painted white face she has outlined orange lips and a caution tape headband she's doing a bit where she's like raising a piano or something 
from the inside that's like being lifted with rope. She's like miming lifting the rope. Elliot has like a little moment where he pretends to saw the rope and that's how they get her to squeal. She's like, I always knew my brother would do something like this. I'm not surprised. He was enabled by his trust fund. And she's like, here's where to find him. Yeah, he lived He lived in a nice neighborhood. Oh, yeah. 70... So tell me about that. Well, he, so they say he lives on 75th and 5th Avenue. So like all those brownstones around there, you're, you're like, you're not you're not buying any brownstone there for under like 12 million minimum, probably way, way more, actually. Wow. So that's a, so that's a that's a nice, a nice hefty nest egg trust fund if he's has a whole brownstone there. Well, I don't think Monica's earning millions doing this mime shit anyway. So no, she's, she's living off that still money in the bank too. Yeah. Okay. So they bring in the brother for questioning. This is a, this is the two, this felt very 2010. And this is what I, this is what I was like, okay, this feels of the time. Okay. So here's a scene about the brother. We're going to find out a little bit more about our victim. 631 to 759. This wouldn't be so bad if it was me and that lady cop instead of you. You want to do to my partner what you did to that blonde girl last night? (laughs) My reputation precedes me. What'd she say? Uh, She's not doing too much talking. Being raped and murdered will do that to you. Okay, me and Blondie had sex, but I sure as hell didn't rape and kill her. Blondie? What's her real name? She never said. She just came up to me near the reservoir and said she was hot and wet. A stranger in the park throws herself at you because why? You're so charismatic? Look, the sex was consensual, okay? She even took out a tampon before we did it. Okay. Where's the tampon? Killer ate it. My dachshund. I had to take him to the vet. Your dog ate your homework. You just got an F for your alibi. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I took video. Okay, I have a following. A following? Yeah, on sex prowl. It's the YouTube of sex. I'm hot. So wet. I want it. Now. Was I lying? Wait, here's me. Do not, wit fans. I'm out walking my dog killer. And Hottie here just walks up to me. <laughs> What's a guy to do? I want it. Hurry up. I want it. Now. The dog up first. Honey. I've seen enough. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll never get rape off this video. Finally, someone talking sense. This episode is sponsored by Factor. Okay, here's what I love about Factor meals. They make eating better easy. They're fresh, never frozen. They take two minutes in the microwave. You get to pick what meals you're going to eat. Over 35 different recipes are available to you to choose from. Their delicious recipes are chef-crafted and nutritionist-approved. They are very filling. Like, not too much, but they're perfectly filling. I had the keto meal last week. I've been doing the keto meals basically. And there was one day in particular that I just remember going to bed and being like, I'm actually full. Like I ate hours ago and I'm actually full. Normally I need a little snack snack. You know, I get up to the chocolate after dark But I was totally full, completely satisfied, and my meal was delicious. You can also do calorie smart meals, vegan or veggie, and protein plus. There's also other stuff you can try as well. You can get as much or as little as you want and reschedule or pause at any time. Personally, I get six meals. You can go up to 18. That's what my boyfriend does. 
Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash mothermayi50 and use code mothermayi50 to get 50% off. That's code mothermayi50 at factormeals.com slash mothermayi50 to get 50% off. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy. But how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear. And each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com. Okay, so the woman in question is in a business suit. She's blonde, she's attractive, like mid to late 30s. What did you think? First of all, what do you think about this guy before we get into this guy that? is an absolute just sleazeball, but he has buckets of money and it's it, it's like it's such a so he's on this site, this this sex prowl site. And so he's he's clearly out there looking. He's like walking in the park looking for weird, you know, for people just to I don't know. It, it, I feel like something doesn't fit in this. He is, is, his, is his profile just like I have. A brownstone at 75th and 5th. So come find me. I'm going to give you a pitch for what I think like another scenario in this exact same guy's life could be. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Right. So this is from the POV of a girl that's dating one of his really good friends who's sitting in the back of his Jeep going from like someplace like in the Hamptons to like a more exclusive, even more remote area where like bigger the bigger, better mansions are or whatever. Let's just say I've never been at the Hamptons. This is my scenario. So you're in the back of the like Jeep. You're already nervous because you're meeting this guy and he is, he's is driving a little too fast. And he says, by the way, when we get there, just so you know, Brad's sister, she's like 14, but she's like really fucking hot. But like, you can't do anything because she's like 14 but like she's like just so you know she's really hot and it's like that that's what i and you're like very uncomfortable because you're like that's kind of gross but you maybe giggle because you're like well i'm 22 i'm in this jeep i'm with all these rich guys you know what i mean that's my scenario yeah Yeah, he, he he doesn't i don't think he like makes a point obviously he's at the police station he makes a point to say it's consensual which tells me that this guy is often doing it when it's not consensual. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. I mean, this the even just the idea of was there a site like this? Not to assume you would know. No, but I like, I don't know. 
I feel like there was like sort of like naughty girls or whatever, but there's crimes committed in this video. Like the idea of them, they're having sex in public, like that's on video and uploaded. Yes. That's illegal to have sex in Central Park. Yes. This is homophobia. When it goes they back to even... that, it goes back to the very opening scene where they are probably going to have sex in the Bethesda fountain, right? Absolutely. And okay, ready. So I'd actually argue 100% that they could get rape off that video because one, like the toxicology screen hasn't even come back yet. So we don't know if she was in an altered state of mind, which would mean she couldn't consent. The victim hasn't even been identified. So we have no idea what her like mental health history is like she could this could literally be like a woman in psychosis which means that in you know either scenario she's not capable of consent so saying this as a as the da saying we could never get rape off of this video it's probably i mean is it would be a jury trial i guess but like if they say that this woman call it bring in a couple experts i think this is i think this could be a slam dunk well, case. You don't know what happened before he pressed record. I mean, I guess that wouldn't matter to a jury, but you know who knows? He could have coached her. Could have co. He could have. He could have a gun. Yeah, killer. Killer's holding the gun. And we don't even know. I know. And by, by the way, yeah. Okay, so Finn comes over. This is this is another moment. So Finn comes over and is like, he confirms his alibi. You know, he's like, his alibi worked out. They were there till. 6 a.m. when the dog coughed up the Kotex. And I, I, listen, I think Kotex did make tampons in 2010, but they're more known as like a pad company. And so this is where I know I know Speedweed was enjoying the alliteration. But as a woman at home, I have to bump on that and say the dog did not eat a pad. Yeah. He, you know, he, he just he wanted that. He wanted that K word. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Anyway, so he's let go. Finn gets to meeting with the DA, right? So he like he's he's talking to her. This is the first time he's meeting her. She, he gives her her first name, which which ben, Benson and Stabler did not do. And she's like, "Can you please go get like the purse from the bushes in the reservoir?" So at that point, a man walks in. Okay, and this guy looks like he is the husband of the woman in the video. Yeah, that was my immediate thought. He, I'm like, they are. I could totally see them being like a really attractive couple and he's like do you know this like woman he's like <laughs> you know he's like is this your case and as soon as elliot like confirms like yeah we're doing this he absolutely lunges at elliot apparently the woman sent to him in that video that was sent to him in that video is his wife so it's greg elding and he's explaining in the interrogation room to munch oh i love a munch interview there was a lot of good munch in this episode but he's like, it's my wife, Lindsay. She was at work yesterday. She's the head of PR for Cola Now. So Cola Now is like, obviously, a Coke or whatever. And basically, like, she is the genius spokesperson that has managed to basically take down the level of heat that was on the, the soda company. Because as her boss will say later on, they're basically being painted as big tobacco. And I think the soda issue was like huge in 2010, right? Yeah, this was this was when they were they were actually like they talk about later, as I'm sure we'll say, is there was the the plan then to try and pass the soda tax and the whole thing. Yeah. And this was also like the era of like surge, I would say, or something like that. Like this is when I think soda use. Now I think we see it more with the energy drinks. And I'm I literally just opened a Coca-Cola that I've been drinking slowly all day. <laughs> 
at, while I was talking about this, that's how addictive it is, you guys. And that's a lesson for you. I was, yep. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's my subconscious screaming. And Surge was, was a Coca-Cola company product. So there you go. Yep. So Munch is like, well, did she ever like use drugs? And he was like, yes, but Lindsay was in recovery. Drugs were great for her work, but bad for our family. But there's no way that she would risk what we have now. Like family time comes before everything. So he shows Munch a video of Lindsay with the kids. And he's like, this is the real Lindsay. So it's like kind of a classic home video moment. She's saying like, the kids are going to love this place. And she's like playing on a playground and you know, they do the hi, daddy. We love you thing. It's kind of a perfect home video. And Munch is like, wait, what kids? And it turns out that Cola now is building playgrounds for needy children. And at that point, Elliot comes in. Greg's alibi was confirmed. He's cleared. He was home all night. And Greg's like, I'm really sorry, man. I saw the video and I flipped out. I don't know who sent it to me, but Cola now made Lindsay a lot of enemies. So find out from the boss that, yes, they're completely comparing soda to cigarettes now and you know the one of the big problems is obesity and it's sort of like the lung cancer thing or whatever same thing with cigarettes right and it is true that soda is addictive as i continue to drink my coca-cola it is addictive and yeah like it is it's i think it's completely analogous so Lindsay was the reason they were never brought to court the way that big tobacco was she was sexy i thought this was weird he he goes she was sexy smart and could charm anyone even the neanderthals on the other side of the issue (laughs) it was kind of weird but then we do cut to someone who does look a little bit like he's lived in a cave (laughs) yes so the guy from it's the office for the union of healthy kids and like he kind of is giving like a like a slightly more manic bernie sanders Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Like his heart is in it, but he just isn't. He isn't as tidy. But like this is a man who is in this, I think, for the right reasons. He's just not communicating it in a way that the masses can relate to. Right. Like he's maybe a little bit too progressive. So he's absolutely repulsed by the way that, you know, Lindsay was sort of heralded as a good person in any sort of way. She was peddling drinks that she knew were poisoned. And Finn's like, well, what about the $100,000 charitable donation that, you know, she submitted? And he's like, no, it was a bribe. Lindsay's whole thing was refusing to admit that soda was bad for kids and that they should talk to Davy Gam's mother. Well, and they, the, one, the one line too that he, I think it's right before they mentioned the 100K is, I think it's what they're talking to the person at the soda at what is it, colon now? She says, Oh, you don't see me, you know, forcing soda down the kids' throats. I feel like that's again like that super comparison. Like, well, I don't put the cigarette in the kids' mouth. I'm just advertising to them. Isn't that okay? Well, it's Joe Camel. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like Santa is one of the many faces of Coca-Cola. If it's not Santa, it's the goddamn polar bears. Like yeah. There was a really good time in America, the same way you couldn't walk into someone's house and find like a stack of Marlboro Miles or whatever the fuck they were called. Like there were, you know, or like a Joe Camel or, you know, I'll I'll say shout out to my boy, Spuds McKenzie. I grew up thinking Spuds McKenzie was like an honorable guy and not like an alcoholic dog. You know what yeah. I mean? But 
like you could walk into like anyone's house for a long time and see, and people would purchase like Christmas ornaments of the Coca-Cola polar bears. I as a kid I had a, a puzzle. I was like really into, you know, like jigsaw puzzles and we had a Coca-Cola puzzle that had the polar bears and like, you know, the one of them is holding a Coke can. Yeah. And it just was normal. Yeah, and like the dr- the drink that I'm drinking now probably costs it's a it's a 20 ounce of classic Coca-Cola. I'm off the DC right now, but I I I will say DC is my first love. But if you're going to drink soda, you might as well just drink the, you know, rags. But like they're already making like what? This thing costs 209 now. It used to cost a dollar. Cost 209. It's probably 13 cents to make it. And the then- bottle probably costs more. And then they have us out here on the street being like, oh, it costs. No, the liquid inside costs like uh, negative cents to make it. (laughs) It costs nothing. But then like they had us out here like buying like people still buy Coca-Cola merch. Like I just bought like some underwear or something. And like they were like, we're sending you a free Coca-Cola classic collaboration scarf. And I'm like, I am a like, I am a, you know, capitalist, you know, bitch in so many ways. You know, it's it's a part joke of my personality. I'm a finance bro, but I am I am that. But then like, so I'll wear it somehow. But like, it's crazy to me that they're also selling what I guess now is sort of like their iconography. Yeah, I mean, they're just selling like a nostalgia or something. They don't need to they don't need to make more money. They already make a lot. That's too much money. Okay, anyway, so they go to Davy Gam's mom, and Davy Gam's mom is like, she seems like she works in the same building or something, but it's likely they just rented two buildings in the same office. But she's like, you know, I've done all the research. My son killed himself when he was 12 years old, which is devastating. 12. Oh my God. He was addicted to cola and it made him obese and obesity. Olivia's putting it together. She's like, oh, and obesity can make you depressed and depression can make you take your life. And Olivia's like, but I think it's a stretch. And Davy's mom is like, well, the jury said the same thing, partially because Lindsay had announced the Cola Now Athletic Center for the community. Yeah. So do you think this is a little bit like when McDonald's started? <sighs> it's chicken or egg. Do you think it's a little bit like, okay. Okay, this is I'm gonna attack this. It's two, it's two prong. Okay. So I think McDonald's partially installed the play place because, like, one, you could maybe just stay there and spend more money. And that's always sort of what most people think. But I also think that they had it in there so kids could like work off some cows. So they could always say, We're not here to just feed your kids hamburgers. You can take them inside and they can use a jungle, like a jungle gym. I always it's funny, I remember. The like the closest McDonald's in my house had the play area, and I don't know. I I I feel like it was because this was before they had any of those campaigns for you know getting kids to like move more and do more exercise. That wasn't for I don't know probably at least more than a decade. So I don't know. I think it was so they would just like leave their parents alone for a few minutes. Oh yeah, it could be or like if you're divorced and like you need to do a drop off like a sort of like a kid exchange and like you would rather just like sit inside and like, you know, they're sitting there for an hour because their ex is unreliable. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're inside collecting like the McDonald's monopoly pieces or something like you're going to actually win. Absolutely. And if you brought like a girlfriend, you're just like talking about what a shithead your ex is, you know what I mean? So we go to Stabler and like this, this, I'm going to say the athletic center is, it looks like 
It looks like one of those like fancy gyms that people take their kids to now. Like it's like an indoor gym where you like jump and foam and shit like that. Yeah. There's actually one of them like right down the street from me that's under under like I think it's under a synagogue. It's not related to it. And and it looks just like it wasn't it's not as fancy as the one in the show, but same same idea. Do you would you take your kids there? Not to that one, though. Do you think I? my mom wouldn't let me go in ball pits because they were dirty? But it's funny you mentioned ball pits. I was just recently at an Ikea and they closed down like the ball pit because of, I guess, COVID or whatever. Sure. As a kid, I remember going for the very first time to Ikea and my parents left me like in like the ball pit room with my friend. Yeah. My mom always would say like. I think she was lying, but I think she said like one time. I saw someone take like a diaper out of one, like a used diaper that wasn't like open, but like a parent had just like thrown it in there. That's probably true, actually. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And like, yeah, like kids just are like messy. They lick shit. Like you can't have something like that during a, especially, I don't know if like people ever do that again. I think it's crazy. People are still going to water slides and stuff, but yeah. So he's like talking to this, the coach and I love the coach because he's so real. Stabler's like, don't you feel like kind of weird about the fact that this was built on like, you know, for lack of a better word, he kind of implies like drug, like, like blood money. Do you know what I mean? And he's like, no, nope, I'm a coach. He's like, I'm getting poor kids off the street. That's all I care about. Lindsay's a hero to me. So I mean, it's hard not to like from his perspective, if it wasn't for that, you know, these kids would be not getting exercise potentially who knows where they're going to be. So, you know, he's just trying to help, you know, the youth. So. Right. And it's you possible. Can't, you can't be bad. It's possible. You would go home and be like, Lindsay's a bitch on wheels, but like publicly speaking anyway, if someone's changed your life, you're never going to like, you're never going to try. You're going to be like, she's my, you know, they're my hero. Like he's like exactly, he's doing exactly what he should. And I appreciate him for that. So down at the station, the detectives are unpacking all this new info and Finn's like mad that the soda tax like thing failed. He's like, this money could have gone to help, you know, heart failure and diabetes, like, you know, the research for it. And Munch is like, well, soda does get a big tax break for using all that corn syrup. Four billion. Yep. And Olivia's like. I don't know, like Olivia's being such like a such like a shout out to my fellow white woman. This is what we do is being like, I don't know. I just don't see it as a big problem. Like <laughs> and it's like, meanwhile, like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, Finn just addressed something that like has more like percentage wise has more of an effect on his community. And she's like, I don't know, it's just not like a big problem to me. So She's like, you know, all all sorts of things cause ailments in people. So Munch wonders if Lindsay got sick of fighting the bad guys. This is so this is actually so charitable of cynical Munch to be like, maybe she was sick of fighting the bad guys and started using again. But, her, you know, then we see like, OK, apparently the talk screen was clear, though. Then yeah. King, the prince himself, B.D. Wong, walks in and he's like, actually, she was poisoned with a mix of four South American mushrooms. <laughs> And Munch is like, by who? The Smurfs? Best line in the whole show. Well, the well, so what's what's I don't know. I, I'm gonna do. Can I? Can I? Can I go back to the to Munch's little like crusade against like corn syrup in that for? Oh yeah, please dance right back there. Well, so so well, I have a well, I have a couple thoughts, just some notes that I put down about that. So I I, mean, I thought it was 
I mean, again, I'm not like, I don't watch the show that much. So I don't know if this is like a similar, is this like a similar dynamic of interaction where he sort of cares about something and they're kind of just, she just kind of brushes him off. Is that like a normal occurrence? This is what I more mean by like this episode being fast paced is because like if any one of those sentences were uttered on their own in a lifetime, which they would never be normally uttered in the same like there there could never be this many thoughts represented. I would think of this the way that they do these scenes as more of a sort of like quick round table where each of them is pitching their case because like this is the way that they like build their characters essentially so we see like finn comes from the place of like you know they could be doing a lot more with that money like it is kind of fucked up then we have munch you know he knows his stats and also brings later on like the hot take about you know fighting for the uh, fighting against the bad guys and using again. So it's like kind of like more like there, it's just more of a round table. And I would say that like, there are a lot of egos in the room. Sometimes they each they but they're harmonious, like where they'll maybe follow up with like a two word quip to someone's POV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the way I took it again, again, um, you know, from this, this particular I guess it was kind of like a thread throughout the from this point forward because they talk about like the coal issue a few times and I like it's like they're drawing attention to like a real issue much as like giving legitimate he's like pulling out numbers and all this and they're just like well you know it's not really our job to care about that so we're just gonna we're just gonna catch the the, the killer because I mean that's that's their job so they just move on. I think sometimes also they give people first of all they're giving pe- their their audience which is like boomers things to google (laughs) so like you could just like google the you know corn syrup thing or whatever but they'd be remiss not to acknowledge that right right but then also like yeah i think it's just like they (sighs) so like they do three different really what i would imagine were zeitgeisty like topics in this episode that are it's interesting because there's like i see now as well but it's like the sort of like horny like tucker max guy it's the cola issue like the whole like soda issue and then it's going to be psychotropic drugs well i would i would say that on top of the soda thing too as we'll we'll get to later like i guess when we kind of uncover what happens is we also have the like the water issue, but I guess that's kind of tied into all exactly. the second two, right? This was a great episode for you. I will say I was like, oh, I hope like this doesn't run thin in any way on like things that you might have like opinions about. So <laughs> but yeah, no, they did you do you have more feelings on the corn syrup thing? No, no. I mean, it was really I mean, in I mean, I guess we've already kind of said it about it. I think I think I have more thoughts on when we get to the water piece. Okay, we'll get to the water. Okay. So, yeah, basically, B.D. Wong explains that, like, these mushrooms have a quality to them that makes you hot, sweaty, and aroused. And Stabler's like, I'm hot. I'm what? Like, he's putting it together from the fucking video. And it's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Like, this is... I do love that, like, low-key, sta- like, Stabler and Benson are so fucking dumb on this show. So, apparently, she drowned because these drugs cause, like, a respiratory failure. She was likely drugged during dinner. 
she was at a fundraiser that night for a place called Wishing Time. They were giving out jungle gems. So we're going to go to Wishing Time and meet an older woman. I think that's fair to say. She's from real big time family money. And she, I don't know, like I think they run Wishing Time out of this estate on 7th Avenue. Is that fancy? Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, maybe it's more like it could have been a situation where, you know, 7th Avenue, you know, runs further downtown. So maybe it was like a, like a a foundation below and then above it was a building or I don't know, like apartments or something. Who knows? Okay. So yeah, here's the clip of them. And they're also, we're also going to meet her granddaughter, Emma in this scene, 1416 to 1619. My grandfather donated the first teeter-totters to Central Park in 1907. Must be very gratifying to continue his work. Oh, indeed. Children in underprivileged communities can make a wish and we grant it. We build anti-gang clubhouses. Call the now athletic center? We collaborated in that. Lindsay, oh, such a tragedy. What an amazing woman. She had a genius for corporate giving. And it doesn't bother you that the money came from a company that pushes soda? Oh, no, not a bit. The Brooks family fortune is in philanthropy now. Excuse me. Hmm? That's Lindsay with mushrooms on her salad. Oh, there were no mushrooms on the menu. Emma? Emma is my granddaughter. Lindsay's death was a terrible blow to her. Oh, there you are. Now pull up the photos from Monday night for the detectives. Sure. There you go. So Lindsay was your friend? More like my big sister. We met in rehab. No need to air our dirty laundry, Emma. Emma's parents died when she was 10. I've done my best since, but Lindsay was a breath of fresh air for her. These are definitely mushrooms. On Lindsay's plate, no one else's. So who put them there? Oh, we had over 300 guests. Who took these? I did, but uh, we also had photographers taking photos. We're going to need copies of all of them. Okay, who is this guy? Doesn't seem too happy, this gentleman right here. He was just a homeless guy. He came in looking for food. No. No, he accosted Lindsay, yelled at her. About what? Olivia, oddly enough, he kept ranting, you can't own the rain. It didn't make any sense. Okay, so I would be remiss not to mention, because at first I was going to be like, when do you think this woman was born? She was, I was going to say like when my Nana, around when my Nana was born, because she's almost like a character. You can't believe anyone's probably really like this in America so much anymore. Like this is a very specific age. She was born two years after my Nana who was not evil like this, but she did have a sort of similar, you know, we don't air our dirty laundry sort of. Yeah. Thing. Well, that, that was, it was Rosemary Harris. Like she, she puts a pretty good performance on this show in this episode. I was just going to say, so you know who she is. Cause like, oh, this yeah. is what, this is what people would absolutely beat me up about not knowing. And I'm so glad I fucking looked it up. Yeah, so she's like, what do you know her from? The Spider-Man trilogy. Okay. The, the first, I mean, that's so at least I should say that just because I remember her. I was, you know, like 18, 19 when those movies, their first one came out with Tobey Maguire. So I remember her being like the Aunt May 
character. I'm sure she was in things that were far more acting worthy than that. So she is a she's a Tony Award winner. You know, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, which more than the Spider-Man thing is why I know my audience would be mad if I didn't <laughs> mention who she was. So, honey, yeah, we go to the station and Munch is explaining this is your water moment. He's explaining that Bolivia is like where like the water wars are really hot right now. And even here in America, people are trying to companies are trying to buy up rivers so they can bottle the water. This is the Nestle issue. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is like a big, a big thing of, you know, because I mean, so you mentioned, I think you kind of like as a Pepsi or a colon now is like a stand in for, you know, Coca-Cola or Pepsi and Pepsi themselves are like, you know, they own a lot of these water companies and they have these crazy you know, they're tearing down rainforests for water. They're stealing water. So this is like, a. I mean, it's interesting. I don't feel like this was like a really topical issue in 2010. I don't say it like it wasn't an issue, but I don't feel like it was as big of a thing. So it's kind of interesting that they wove that into something from that period. I mean, this is where I think SVU can be like kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of nice about it where it's like, okay, you guys are on the shit that like most people don't know about a little early. Like even the, like the thing that's a crime now, stealthing, like they did an episode about that with John Stamos where he was like running around New York, like stealthing women. Interesting. Yeah. And that was like years ago. So and now, and just now, like, there's stealthing laws being passed, you know, sometimes they're really on stuff. So th- Munch is like, I'm not down, like, I'm not trying to downplay this enough. Like, yeah, like, I have to, I have to be real with you, you guys. There's fucking blogs about this out there. Like, he apparently they find out that the guy who's the homeless guy that was disruptive at the at the benefit, he was, he was, he's a guy who does, like, research on on all of this and he studies mushrooms at the mycology lab at the natural history museum his name is vincent prochak and a great actor too like the david crumholtz is a great actor so what i was going to say about this man is not only is he a great actor in this especially because I, I think we all i mean i think i had a crush on him when i was a kid but he's what he's one of the only people that stood up for amber heard he very explicitly stood up for amber heard which i thought was amazing that's true. I mean, he was on Freaks and Geeks, I think. Well, I mean, only very briefly, but like that's going back. He's been he's been on stuff for for ages. Yeah, and he was. This is you know, I always love a nice like a nice like little surprise because we know the bigs, right? We know like the Sarah Highlands. We know like all the other people that were like sort of found on this, or or people who came back who were like really sensational, like when Kathy Griffin or Rosie Perez did it. But this was like a subtle sort of a throwback that I enjoyed. So. They find okay, they find him working on mushrooms. The room's very dark, it's very swampy looking. It does kind of look like a college drug den, which I thought was like maybe they're more <laughs> accurate than we thought. Like, you know, you know, we always make fun of like stoners with like blue light or black light, like photos and like you know t- like sort of like weird lighting and tapestries or whatever like maybe they're more right on than we thought well going back to when i was in like the end of like my high school i had a friend whose basement probably looked like this minus like the you know minus the what do you call them like tanks of mushrooms it was just but like black lights and all that stupid stupid trash uh, do you think that okay so i feel like these mushrooms mostly looked ceramic but there's many scenes where we see these mushrooms 
and then they basically look like button mushrooms from the they're huge too right they're like gigantic mushrooms yeah well like the yeah the ones in the office are like out on some alice in wonderland stuff and like there can be like some mushrooms are massive but like yeah. the ones that they the poison mushrooms that we see people at different times eat in this um are they really look like button mushrooms that might have been dyed or like dip dyed by props or something there i've never seen anything look like that so he's like you know very shocked when like they you know they've been ro- walking around saying his name for a hot minute and he seems very shocked when they finally like when he finally realizes they're there and olivia's like what you cooking and this is like this is where i know they're so dumb is because like why would you ever ever you're in a place like this why would you ever lift the lid off a pot and he also like let them yeah i mean i guess like he's being questioned by the cops he's kind of you're probably you know he's probably nervous especially given what we know so he lets them lift the lid and uh, you like you you wouldn't go to like a, a like a the cop station and just like pick up a loaded gun and just be like oh what's this thing i'd be like do you have a fucking warrant dude like, yeah. do you have a warrant to be, like, going through my pots and pans? But she, like, clearly breathes in some fumes, which is, like, I mean, I feel like this is where, like, the far right got the conspiracy that, like, cops are dying from, like, being in the same room as fentanyl. It's, like, it's just very, I don't know, it's very, she should have taken the day off the second she lifted the top off that pot. But now they're well, going to be, oh, go. Oh, I was gonna say, I mean, you know, it's actually funny. So you they, you mentioned before that this is he works at the American Museum of Natural History. Like they legit have people at that museum that are grow. I mean, I don't know if they're growing the same level of of things this guy is growing, but like this person is like a real person. You know, I mean, I think there is this a person like this there doing this. Thank you for bringing that up because I did mean to ask you that. Like, is that like to me? That's unbelievable. That like a place like the natural history museum is like growing. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. I, they, they might not be growing like to the same extent with like poisonous kind of thing, but they're definitely doing probably research on, you know, mushrooms that have been, you know, removed from their habitat. So do you think that maybe that like, they didn't know that he was doing all this? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know, like, does it, maybe the museum has some like really low, low floors down there and he's just, but below the, below the museum is the subway. So you can't get that deep. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So there's going to be an interviewing like moment here with the professor where they're just sort of like, you know, bringing him down the station, ask some questions. And I do think this scene is important to play as well. 1724 to 1815. Lindsay Elding wanted to privatize water. It's a resource that Belongs to everyone? Doesn't justify murder. Oh, I agree. I hate to say it, but yay! She's dead! She had a daughter, Dr. Prochik, who's now going to grow up without a dad. You mean a mom? A mother. That you dosed with several kinds of South American mushrooms, your specialty. We have a photo that puts you at the scene. At Niagara Falls? Ring a bell? Detective, you okay? We saw you on the roof with your gunman. What's going on? I'm not the one who stabbed the captain with the pickle. Uh-oh. Let me look at you. I need you. Your eyes off. Over Wait, there. Catch her. She's going to fall. Stay there. Flip. Get a bus! So Olivia has been dosed 
via smelling the mushroom fumes, which is fine. You know what I mean? I'm not here to judge. This scene sort of falls apart, though, in a, in a way for me. Like, it's, I mean, maybe they're just telling the boomers that the drugs really happened. I don't know. But I wasn't into it. I, was, I wasn't into the way this scene played out. How'd you feel? I think I felt like I like the scene later we see with Stabler, you know, that we'll get to. I think it's pretty soon after this. I, I don't know. I felt like. I mean, is, is the idea that she only also inhaled just a tiny bit where she was mildly debilitated briefly, but was fine. But I guess if you eat them, that's like a bridge too far. Yeah, I mean, I think inhaling them is probably like pretty potent, but they probably gave her something pretty quickly because she like wakes up at the hospital. Was he wearing a mask when they go to like meet him in the in his museum? I don't think so. No. And like so, that sort of that's weird, that right? Well, that sort of feeds into some of the things that come up later, I feel, is that he just is around this stuff a lot. Yeah, he's kind of lost a couple of circuit or two. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Do you have any friends who microdose or like, do you know anyone who's ever microdosed? I, I do have a friend. I don't speak to him that much anymore. He doesn't. He lives in. <laughs> but it's, that those are those are two unrelated things. Sure. But he, he, yeah. but he did for a little while, not like a prescription. I know. I think you can. Can you get prescriptions for that? I think that like in Colorado, I think that they're just legal in Colorado. I'm well, not that's where he lived. Sure. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. And like Denver, I think like you can just they're legal in Denver. So well, so he doesn't live. He lives in Ohio now. But so he I'm pretty sure when he lived out there, he was just doing very small amounts. Because technically that you can't like get tested on a drug test with that. Whereas like if you're smoking some weed that could pop up on a drug test. So well, that's exactly how they kind of foiled Lindsay a little bit. It was like, right? Like it doesn't show up on a drug test, but then BD Wong's like, no, we went to the stomach. PCP, they apparently, that's what Olivia says they don't test for anymore either. Does so, anyone do PCP anymore? Like, I, it, what? No, there's some things that I hear, like when I hear people like mention like, oh, like my friends and I smoking spice. And I'm like, what are you fucking nuts? Like, What's the other one that people would smoke and they, oh, bath salts. Oh God, that's, I, I, what What do you, th I mean, I guess people will smoke anything. I think that it's one of those things where it's like you, like it's things escalating, like the way that like sometimes like a long time of like binge shrinking can like escalate to cocaine use. Like I think like yeah. really fucked up and then maybe you take some psychedelics and someone happens to bring some bath salts. I don't think people like go, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But well, I, I mean, I guess imagine. it's also like it's legal, right? Like you don't need like a prescription or you need to find like a you don't need to call your drug dealer to like get some bath salts. You can just go down to like the Lutch store at the mall. No, honey. You, no, they're not really bath salts. They're That's just what they're called because they look like them. They look like bath salts. They're like a chemical compound. They're like similar. I think they're like they're similar. not similar. I think they're more like meth where it's like. No, I don't know. The bath salts have nothing. I, as far as I know, and every article, I feel like I was outed as like a complete idiot just right there. No, no, I think like that's like what. No, you. I hope you don't feel that way. No, I think it's actually charming that you thought that people were smoking. You know, like the bath salts you can get at the body shop or something. No, yeah, they're I, just just buying those bath bombs and just like plugging in their like their lighter to it. Do you remember when the body shop was everywhere? Oh, my mom, my mom bought some soap there, like hand soap. 
for years and then they discontinued the scent and she like lost her mind. You should see if you can find because I bet you will find because people hoard shit. You should see if you could find her a bar of it on eBay or something because I mean Mother's Day is coming up. I don't know if you're the kind of close family where you get like your mom a Valentine's Day gift. Like sometimes I'll send my mom a little Valentine's Day card or something like Maybe you want to see, maybe check out eBay and see if you can find a bar of her favorite soap. Maybe not even for use, just so she has the scent. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I so I, I looked up this basalt thing, and it's like a substance found from some plant I've never heard of that's grown in East Africa. Yeah, probably. Like it's, I think it just it takes on the appearance of basalt. I'm trying to think. There's definitely like analogous things where they like call something something because it looks like it. I just don't know what, but yeah, I mean, it would look like a piece of like crystal meth. I'm guessing. Yeah. I it's think like a little so. piece, like a little chip. I mean, not that I've been in, had any crystal meth in my hand, but well, we've, th- I think, I feel like there's more available pictures of like crystal meth. You know what I mean? I mean, we all watched uh, breaking bad, didn't we? Yeah. So, but the hospital, like BD Wong's just like you inhaled mushrooms, you know, meanwhile, like just Vincent's going, like he's not answering questions so you come back and he knows you're safe which i actually think is really sweet like maybe this is just the part of me that's low-key like really fucked up but i'm like that's very sweet that like he's like i need to make sure olivia's okay but then when we get to the station we see that like vincent might be stuck in more of a little bit of a thought loop where he's been just sort of lecturing Elliot for hours about the importance of water in our ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I picture that scene as like, you know, you like you're at your mom's or something and you know, she's uh, you know, she's had a little too much wine sitting and you just start lecturing her on, on sit that she has no idea what you're talking about for hours. Oh yeah. It's very, it's very, yeah. I mean, but also it's kind of just like, any person you've been around that like hit the bong a little too hard and they're like, no, but real, like, honestly, the conversation keeps coming back to it. So he goes, I'm glad to see you're okay, Olivia. Fungi should never hurt anyone. Which I think is kind of like an interesting character line because it tells you that he really kind of might believe that. But then he continues on his like, you know, lecture about water and like, there's moments where he's really erratic and screaming throughout like his sort of pitch basically and elliot whispers to olivia to keep watching him because he like is making these subtle mental pivots so i feel i feel like he's like genuine behind his you know maybe confused too many mushroom uh inhalation experiments well the the crazy thing is is like this also is a mini endorsement for psychedelics as well because like I think this man ultimately is incredibly pure of heart, like maybe makes some bad judgment calls, but ultimately has found like a different level of understanding and peace with the universe that can be overwhelming and also unpleasant for people to be around because like it's he's so breaking the mold of the world that we all have to live in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So. The DA and BD Wong are watching it through the mirror and he is like, yeah, Project didn't get sick from the same mushroom vapor as Olivia because he's just been breathing it in for years. And then Mika meets the defense lawyer, Dave Seaver, which is that not a, a name of someone who was on like, isn't David Seaver from 
Family Matters. Yes, the name was David Seaver, right? Right, like the younger brother was David. Wasn't it the Seaver. Wasn't it the son? Oh yeah, no, like it wasn't Kate, Kirk Cameron's character, but he was the youngest brother, right? Yeah, one of the like it was the Seavers was the family. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Seavers for, sure. for sure. So, yeah, he's like, you know, I I heard about your. You know, I heard about you in Chicago. You were a beast there. She's like, well, if you know anyone who wants a sun-drenched apartment. And I'm like, shut up about your fucking apartment, girl. Like, she's really pushing this apartment. She's like, he's people. like, I, you like, you want the Zillow listing over here? Like, I'll, I'll Airbnb it for you. No, and he does seem like it's nice because like it, it's nice to see like whenever on this show, like they they are very complimentary toward women in their positions of you know, in their posi- work positions. Like, you'll always see people being like, I heard you're a hell of a DA. Like, you never really see, like, a female... Well, maybe that's... Maybe actually that is sexist. I'm going to talk my way around it. Like, they compliment them like no one else can do their job. So, okay, so he's like... We go to court, okay? Mika's pushing for Prochak to not be released. He's a flight risk, and he has ties to Bolivia... And David's like, listen, he's never going to leave his mushrooms behind. And the judge says to Mika, like, you must not know about my roses. And this judge is an interesting one because he's one of those judges that, like, you could tell that if, like, he'd made a couple different decisions, he could easily be a TV judge. Like, he considers himself famous in his world where, like, of course, this Chicago DA didn't hear about your fucking roses, dude. <laughs> yeah, obviously not. And then the, the dude he's talking about his like courtside seats for like the Knicks. Yeah, like later. Yeah, like later on, he he's just he brings a little too much personality into the court for my liking. Like, you know, I, I do like it when like a judge is sort of like, I got to get, you know, after be, have a long professional day. But this guy kind of leans personality first. But he brags that he like grows roses and he wins awards every year. He'd leave his wife sooner. And so he decides to let Project go on his own ego-based experience with his fucking roses, which is like crazy. But Project actually isn't a bad guy. So Elliot has arrived there to like walk Mika through her first press walk in New York. And she's like, I've done one. He's like, not like this. So it's crazy out there. She quickly redirects them to Vincent, who right away wants to stop, like start talking to the press. He like does a whole speech about how, I mean, you do, you saw this with like Alex Jones, but I got to be real with you. You don't see a lot of people speaking out after, after, but like at the time you did, like, you yeah, well, I mean, it's like, do they, do they, they don't, I feel like they don't normally give them that time, right? Like they're. No, there's always people waiting. Well, I mean, but do they give them, but would they, but they pump this on TV? Oh, I guess that's probably true. No, you're right. It'd probably wind up on like Daily Mail, if anything. But, the but they're watching TV later and it's on like cable news or not cable. It could be like local news. Oh no. At this time, like, yeah, no, this was definitely something they would show on the news back then. So you know, he, they, he's like, you know, talking, his lawyers just like fully says in, in the way of the mic, shut up. And he's like, no, I'm going to talk. So he like is doing his whole water bit. And we cut back to the station where they're watching it. And Olivia's like, God, you know, like they're, he's becoming a media darling. But Mika comes in. She says to Mika, well, I have good news for you rather. So when she comes in, she says that they found mushrooms in Lindsay that were a genetic match for Prochex mushrooms. So... <laughs> That's cr- I mean, that's crazy. But yeah, they like found the mushrooms family just the way they found Monica through the, the semen. 
<laughs> and so, so some mushroom, some mushroom semen, I guess. Yeah, it's like 23 and mushroom. Spores. Yeah, it's spores. Exactly. Spore in me. Exactly. So Seaver brings him in Vincent and wants to discuss the plea. Mrs. Brooks and Emma come in during this scene as well. I'm going to play this scene where they're holding like boxes and boxes of photos that they want to give into the cops, just like evidence they want to submit to help the case. And while we're listening to the scene, Emma's going to notice Prochak kind of like, hmm, I guess like you could say freaking out with the DA and his lawyer. So this scene is 2301 to 2409. Put them over there, Emma. This is Brooks, Emma. All the photos from all the photographers as you requested. Some printed, some on this flash drive. Well, of course, we all want to put Lindsay's killer away. That's him. That's Lindsay's killer. No, don't, don't, don't stare. Emma is rude. And killing my best friend was what, a faux pas? I know it's all the rage to emote in public, but in my day, it wasn't done. Your days are long gone, Grammy. I'm still here, I'm still strong, and never in my life did I resort... resort to doing drugs. I know, you've said it a million times. So long as you wear my intaglio necklace, you will mind your manners. It's been in my family for five generations. Mrs. Brooks, have you ever been to a family support group at Emma's rehab? With all those junkies? No, no, no. That was Lindsay's role. Don't you dare say that! I said no! Come, Emma, before he sees us. If I grew up with that, I'd do drugs too. Olivia! I want Olivia! So, let's, okay. I think it's time to do some spoilers. Because it just makes sense right now. So I just want to address this one little spoiler, which is that there's something about Emma, the more you get to know her, that it does feel like she's cosplaying a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. When I when I watched it the first time, when they first, when she calls him out as being like the homeless guy, that immediately was like, that was like a red flag to me immediately. It all, I mean, like, I don't know and in, in, in how, tell me how. I don't know. It it felt like she, I mean, so this is like, this is the scene earlier when they go kind of interviewing them the first time she says, Oh, it's this homeless person. And then her grandmother is saying, Oh, well he was going on and on about this. Like, well, obviously she knew he wasn't a homeless person and he was there talking about the, obviously she's, you know, she's uh, remaining as poker faced as she can, but it felt like she, in my mind, I thought that she, I didn't know what, but I felt like I knew something. She answered a little too quickly, maybe. Yeah, like I feel like her 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 answers like felt rehearsed. And like not to say that homeless looks like any one thing, but he looked he looked more like deranged than he did like, oh, like he's a bum. The way you think that someone of that class level would speak about someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he seems like the kind of person you would run across you know i don't know like on, on i was about to say like on the subway kind of going on about things but usually you would assume that kind of person a lot of people would assume that they're homeless but i don't feel like he struck me as that he seemed just like kind of a it's kind of a you know a little weirdo he seems like the kind of guy who if he saw you like throw your soda empty soda bottle on the ground on the subway he'd be like hey do you know what that does to the environment? Do you know what yeah. that company does? And you'd be like, why the fuck? And then you find out like 
on the news that that guy earns like a six figure salary and is actually like crazy accomplished, but he just is something about him. Right. Yeah. He's eccentric. So Vincent wants Olivia. He's like, I want Olivia. So I, cause yeah, I did think it was kind of crazy that Emma was like, Nana, your day is done or granny, which she calls her, which I also don't, don't think like super high class people call their grandmother. I granny. For like fifth generation in Taglio, which I have to look up what that even is. But like this necklace, how much do you think this necklace could even be worth? Five generations. I'm going to say $100,000. Okay. Okay. Let me look it up. I don't know. I, I just, I, I just given like how wealthy she clearly is, she has massive generational wealth from decades and decades. I'm and, guessing and- way more than that. I mean, but like also like, why would you give it? any like why are you even wearing that shit out homie like and not just that is she knows this she knows that she's like a former drug addict she she, she, is it like a test to see if she'll sell it for drugs and i don't even want to be a cunt but like low-key like it's it's i'm kind of like how much sobriety does she have like i'm seeing some that are like kind of newer in the grand scheme of things i'm on first dibs which is like so, you know, do you know what First Dibs is? It's more of no. like a First Dibs is like a place where you can find like high end vintage pieces that it's basically Poshmark for like very, very wealthy people. Got it. So I'm seeing some newer ones that let me see. Well, let me just click dog. Just let me click on filters. Why is this so I'm so mad at uh, let me go high to low. I mean, she she also clearly trusts her. Okay. You know, significantly to be walking around with this. And the other thing maybe that would never really is addressed is so she says that her parents had died and she took her in, but she doesn't appear to actually be of actual relation. Was that your perspective at this point? Or do you no, are you assuming they're related? I think it was like her son maybe married some uh, like a gal she didn't like too much. And but she but like she, you know, she was suitable enough, but she could have been better. But then it turns out that like, you know, like the daughter is like a fuck up in her eyes. And like some of her standards of like fuck up in the grand scheme of things are pretty low scale. So I found a Intaglio necklace that's by a company called J.A.R. I don't know how it works, but it's it's only from 1980. And it's $360,000. Oh, shit. Okay. So this is like, I mean, this is a real. This is a real so you're talking closer to like a million, half million. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, which is, by the way, like, are you dumb? Like, are you Kim Kardashian West, like going to Paris? Like, who are you? Like, that should, you should have a dupe and put it in, put that one in a safe. Yeah. No one at the, no one at the party would know okay so yeah he like wants to talk to olivia and siever says that basically he wants to plea a temporary form of insanity from long-term exposure to mushrooms and project's like can i fire him and olivia's like well and mika's like yeah you can fire him so he does and a reminder this was the guy that was hired by his sister so she's really like this is a guy that was really looking out for him and so he does. And Mika's like, we'll probably, we'll, you know, we'll be able to find you another lawyer in the building. What if he, they found, this is what I always say, and people are so probably fucking sick of my bit, but it's true. 
What if he found my cousin Vinny? Or or Saul Goodman. Yeah, you could find Saul Goodman, but I feel like this is NYC, baby. He's got to have, why, where, where's Vincenzo? Where is he at? Where's my boy? Yeah. My, I, don't know. I love that movie too. No, I mean, Saul Goodman probably would have, though, be, he would have the bar passed and like he'd be practicing in many states, I think, right? Yeah. From like the University of Bahamas or something. So the replacement lawyer is, I mean, I don't even know how this guy got out of law school. Like he does, he's not clear on the charges. He's like, we're here to, um, my client wants to plead guilty to murder. And the judge is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know how the guy got out of bed this morning. Honestly, that dude, he, he they just found like the dumbest lawyer they could find. He looks like, like he drinks milk. Like a gl- <laughs> he looks like he drinks like a glass of milk. He looks like he might still be like living with his parents while he's paying off his debt, which is no shade. But he does have a thing where like someone else does his laundry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it sucks because like you think about the I mean, he's probably has like 50, 100 clients. He can't spend more than, you know, 30 seconds with each of them outside of the courtroom. So maybe this guy is just like he, he just started. He's like he looks like he's like 25 years old. He just started and he doesn't know like what color is what. He doesn't know anything. I'm too much of a wishful thinker to deal with someone like that because like, you know, I'm sure he sits everyone down. He's like, I'm going to do the best I can to like, you know, represent you. It's going to be a fair trial. And I'd be like, you know, there's something about him. He seems a little nervous, but I believe that this man has my best interest in mind. And like, that's how you get fucked, you guys. That's how you, you grow up and you stop getting fucked is like n- to not have too high hopes of everyone. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, basically, Vincent explains that he put the mushrooms. He's like, he's like, he's trying to plead guilty, but it sounds like he's doing a he's definitely doing a performance. And he says he put three types of species on her her salad because he wanted her dead and Olivia hones in on the three and he like opens his notebook in which he has four little <laughs> pictures of mushrooms <laughs> taped to his little like notepad, like pocket notepad. And um, he's like, wait a minute. So he goes up to Mika and he is like, hey, we have to like call a recess. And she's like, OK, I can't I can't do that. And. The judge is like, why are you talking to the, why are you talking to your cops right now? That's what he said to, that's what he says to Mika, which I thought was very, because they don't call them cops. You know, they're detectives. It's a big difference. So Elliot's like, I really need a word with you. And the judge is like, I have courtside tickets tonight. It's opening night at the garden. And he's like, you better shut the fuck up before I fine you for the price of the tickets. What do you think? Oh, like court, this is 2010. So it is recession times but what do you think courtside seats at madison garden for like for the season opener would be 15 15 grand a second are you fucking kidding me yeah where, where does this judge get that kind of money this that's his intaglio necklace oh you know what honestly a lot of these judges like do consulting work and shit like that and also this guy probably like i believe this guy probably is a successful news column or something. And that's no, why he sells he, roses. Well, no, but that might be why he thinks that she knows about the roses. I feel like this guy is busy with a lot of things that are not the office. Yeah, he he's he's dipping his hands into some other areas. And he's he, maybe he's running people. for DA or something and he's you know get some get some get some court sites. But he specifically says like how much he paid for them. Oh, I didn't think I heard a number. I think no, he, he didn't just, say no, but he just said he paid for them, right? Like he oh, yeah, calls he, it out. Like, yeah, he paid how for much them. I paid for them. Yeah, no, they weren't complimentary through 
No, I don't think Live Nation or whoever fucking books those things reached out to him. Who sells who sells basketball tickets? Ticketmaster? Me. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, so so it's a little less. It's like five grand. Two to five grand per ticket. Yeah, but for the season season opener. I mean, I'm I'm assuming this guy doesn't have season tickets. He's like kind of busy being a judge. So just a one and done. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's rich. So Elliot starts to fake like a bad mushroom trip. And it's like almost just feels like a callback to like college days where he's like, I didn't order this pizza. I hate anchovies. Like he's like (laughs) he's doing like I don't know the way that like a bad background extra would pretend to be drunk where it's like, this isn't even believable, dude. You just like look like you're like playing drunk where you're like falling on yourself. And it's like, well, drunk people don't really usually act like that. It it would have been funny, though, if he had done like the same bit that happened earlier when she was, uh, you know, actually high on mushrooms. Where she's like, oh, the pickle something. Oh, yeah. The the thing with you stabbed the captain with the pickle. They saw saw him on the rooftop in Niagara Falls. That's what she that's what Olivia's beat was, (laughs) which was, uh, you know, also a little. But anyway, and then Elliot kept going. I'm so hot. I'm so hot, which I honestly I thought was disrespectful to the dead in that moment, because I'm like, dude. There's other ways to say that exact sentiment without quoting the, the dead lady. So we go to the hospital and Mika shows up and Elliot's not in Olivia's condition at all. He's like rolling up his sleeve after having his vitals checked. She's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, dude. Like, what are you doing? He's like, no, there was three mushrooms. He's like, he said there was three mushrooms. There was actually four. He didn't do it. We just need some more time. So they're now they're doing an all night pizza night type night, you know, at the station with all the detectives are there because they have no lives and they shouldn't because there's too many sex crimes in New York City. And like Mika's sort of like dragon ass here because like they're they're going through all of these pictures that just came in from Emma and her grandma and like she's just sort of like she doesn't want to be there she doesn't know how they're gonna get more days to do this this is like an all-night project for like a fruitless yeah activity. she has to call her she has to call her real estate agent to check on her sundress department i know exactly she's like i have to be up early on craigslist like there always has to be an extra she's posting in reddits you know what i mean she's like doing an extra side hustle so she's much like the judge himself so elliot's like you know she blames him but okay what we have found out about all this is that there was 11 minutes between when the salad was served and when the mushroom showed up and they have a little bit of a timeline of pictures of people that were coming over. So like Mrs. Brooks, Emma, Lindsay's boss, the guy from the athletic center. I like, I would honestly, if the guy from the athletic center did this, I would cry myself to sleep. <laughs> poor guy. Oh no. Well, like, he, he, he wouldn't he give did. up. He might have a good angle. Do you know what I mean? Like one that, you know, he might have a great angle even. Like he, he, he like, wanted a he wanted a trampoline and they wouldn't bite. Well, he's like, I'm trying to get these kids fit. And like, I took blood money. And like, you know, like, I'm not okay with this. Like my brother died of diabetes. Like, what if that was his angle? I don't know. But yeah, basically Vincent never got anywhere near Lindsay's table. So Mika makes a little quick phone call. And then she turns around and is like, I'm taking off. And they're like, what? And she's like, you guys are the pots and pans. I'm the chef. I'm done for the night. We'll figure it out. So in court the next morning, the defense attorney never showed up. 
All right. And the clerk hands a note to the judge basically being like, I'm on vacation. I'm sorry. I apologize. So outside of court, we find out that like Mika set this up, right? Like this, this guy might be visiting his sun drenched apartment in Chicago, which if all of that was for this, like that's almost okay. But it's like a little, how do you convince what, what do you think the call was she had with the DA where she was like, hi, this is the opposing counsel. Like, I just want to let you know that not only are you going on vacation right now, we decided to give you guys a free vacation. You're going to an apartment in Chicago. Don't worry. It's sun-drenched view of the lake. Like, what do you think she said to this man to convince him that he had a vacation? Well, I mean, that lawyer was, he didn't know his ass from his elbow. So she could have been like, oh, well, you, the, the, you, you want a trip. She like, she crafted like a oh. fake email or something or like, oh, oh. Wait, but no, that wouldn't explain him thinking he had time off from work. Yeah, maybe she maybe she told him he was fired. And like, here's your ride. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, no, but he he would, why would you go on the vacation? I guess if you're fired, you're living with your parents, pay off your student loans, someone offers you like a plane ticket and a sun-drenched apartment of the the river or the lake. Well, we know severance, right? Like, there's no severance of, oh, like, instead of giving you, like, a $25,000 out of your contract type thing, just walk the fuck away, which would never happen with with a, like, public defender. Like, they're never, like, in lieu of any sort of, like, severance, which we would never pay you, we're going to send you to Chicago for the night. And also, is Mika paying for these tickets out of pocket? Like, it's not the longest drive from New York to Chicago. But this is, like, a little... This, I mean, this is, like, a really big buy here. I don't know how they... I don't know how Speedweed thinks that we would ever believe... That this happens. Sorry, by the way, if you can hear my cat. I mean, um, yeah, like she's she's paying for his flight. Like that that guy doesn't have a car. Well, he might actually. He might live in like Long Island. He's commuting into uh, the city for this. I don't know. Yeah, that 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 part was completely un, un non believable. I will say maybe she said like I'll meet you there for sex tomorrow morning. Like I left a ticket for you at JFK. Like. Let's not. Maybe she like enticed him with something. I don't know. I just wish I saw her also send an email or something on her little BlackBerry or whatever she has. Maybe he really likes the show Shameless and wanted to do like a tour of the city for all the sites. Yes. Okay. So she met. She emails him and says you're fired. And then she calls him and says, "Congratulations, you just won a a ticket to like go tour Shameless." Exactly. Maybe that's it. That could be it. So, yeah, like outside of court, they run into Cragen. We haven't seen Cragen. Cragen's looking extra Bassett houndy in this scene. He like looks exhausted. For some reason, he's like spending all the time back at the old station, like packing up files, which seems like that would not be the captain's job. But he's there to tell Mika that uh, she's got to go. The DA found out about the like, you know, the vacation stunt. And Mika's like... (laughs) Okay, I'm being fired by proxy. Like she kind of like laughs and like she thanks Stabler and says she has to take her sun-drenched apartment off the market. And she sort of like she like kind of scoffs at Cragen a little bit as she's going off. 
Like she lasted what four days? It's about four days she lasted. Yeah. I mean, she pulled some shit, which makes her I don't know if she comes back because I I guess maybe like I don't know. This is a sh- the reason why people can rewatch this show is because so much happens that like you don't remember. So we go back to the lab. Benson and Sabler are there to confront Prochak about his lies. Basically, they're like, Doug, you're not even you didn't even do this. Like, why are you doing this? And he's like, well, you know, uh, basically people were seeing me on TV. I got I got the word out there and they're like, well, who had access to your lab? And he's he they start to show him pictures from that night. And he's like, I don't know anyone. But then he sort of like pauses when they get to Emma's picture. And he's like, nope, none of these people. But it's very sus because he doesn't like directly deny knowing Emma the way he does the other people. Yeah, he also does like a little double take on it, too. Yeah, like he's this is where I feel this is where I feel his spirit is pure. So outside they spot him like making a beeline with his little backpack, which I cannot imagine. I mean, it's one of my that's one of my greatest fears up there with like someone seeing my dead body is like someone seeing me like speed walk with a backpack, like sort of like hunched over and freaked out. As an adult. Yeah, I mean, his like his his decision making from all those mushroom fumes was not was not on the money. But do you have a way you don't want people to ever see you? Like, is there a Ooh. scenario where you're like you look at someone in public doing something and you're like, that is so human that if anyone ever sees me like that, I'll die. I feel like I'm always like super embarrassed. Like if you like trip, you know, in public and like you have to pretend like you didn't trip and everyone's like you obviously people saw you. Dude, I'm not like tripping all the time. I'm just saying like if it happens, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I trip a lot. I don't feel embarrassed when other people do it, though. I'm like, okay, they're like good for them. Like we got to have we got to neutralize it because I trip. Yeah, I'm such a tripper. Like I have my fuck. I don't pay any fucking attention. And like, I don't even feel connected to my feet, you know, so like I'm just sort of like walking around all the time. So, yeah, outside, he's running away. Benson Sabler decide to follow him. But then we see he's going to the wishing time building. And, like, Emma and him are having this, like, argument inside where she's calling him Vinny. She's like, Vinny, you got to go home. And Benson and Stabler come in. They're like, what, you know, what's the big idea? Like, why would you lie about knowing each other? So the both of them are being cuffed when Granny, like, pops her head around the little corner. And the professor's like, you know, like basically Benson and Stabler are like, you know, this guy provided the mushrooms and Emma tossed them in the salad. And grandma just looks like fucking horrified. This is the worst thing she's ever heard. And I don't know how that's possible because like for these blue bloods, like this is nothing like she's probably no, a she's product some of shit. incest. Yeah. Like she's like literally she herself is probably like. You know, like from some like royal family type blood situation. So I'm yeah, like, her, her, her family owned like slaves or something. Oh, oh, honey, slaves aren't even the beginning of of what their fam- the atrocities their family has done. They probably have like fucking ivory all over the place. They probably have some like blood diamonds for sure. Like they, King Leopold's or like great great grandfather. Yeah, we're not. They're not super wrapped up in like their own like self awareness here. Okay. Wait, Evan, I have two questions for you before we move on to the next scene at the station. Number one, do you think that Granny, like, took quaaludes and stuff? And, like, she's actually, like, kind of a slave to Big Pharma? 
the way that she accuses Emma of like being a dirty street drug user. Oh, I bet she's hard on the drugs. And that's why like, if I feel like people like that, they go hard on the thing, you know, she's hard on her for doing the thing that she's like doing like right when she leaves. Right. Cause she's like, it's the thing where it's like, well, I do this, but like, you know, it's almost that thing of like judging the person who's done what something that's like half a rung higher. She's doing cocaine. That's not good. But if you're doing like, I don't know, some uh, methamphetamines, it's fine. Well, original original formula Coca-Cola, which I bet she was. Maybe that's why she's so obsessed with soda is because she grew (laughs) up on crack. Like she grew up drinking crack, dude. Well, a lot of those drugs were uh, made, actually invented and made back in uh, Germany in the uh, 1930s. So So they love. Yeah, that's a classic era, dude. (laughs) that's where the, that's where that's where she's from yeah okay second uh, by the way shout out <laughs> shout out uh to holocaust survivors i don't know what to say i just don't want to blow past the seriousness of what you just said okay second <laughs> okay wait so do you let your kids drink soda no well they don't they don't like like sparkly drinks but i would definitely not i don't even like really let them drink juice right i'm a monster okay or do you water down the juice no i don't like they, they don't we don't have like juice at home but like if you go to a restaurant like they can get an orange juice i'm not gonna freak out wait so why don't you because the orange like do you let them drink like a would you let them drink a pressed juice sure like my my yeah they could they like they so do you have joe do you have joe in the juice where you in, in i dude i'm a big so i'm gf i'm gluten-free okay, okay so yeah like, so they, they love that real. they love that okay that's a real tasty I'm big on green juice. You know, I love I actually always say like you need to drink a green juice when I think someone's showing like low mental vitality. I'm like, you need a green juice because this is what keeps us glued together in this world. And if you're in a food desert, shout out. And I hope you get to have green juice. So yeah, there's a press like across the street from me. Yeah. Okay. So we go to the Cisha and Olivia asks Vincent that like Olivia's working Vincent and Stabler's with Emma. So Olivia's like, so, like, can you clarify what mushrooms you gave to Lindsay? And he's, like, making some shot-in-the-dark guesses, which is kind of a little crazy to me because, like, how many mushrooms do you have, dude? Like, what do you even have that could, like, your defense lawyer would have the discovery to show, like, what what she what was on her person? So he wouldn't know that. But I guess he was, like, maybe too whacked out to read his own discovery. Yeah, you think he would... You think he'd be able to get that right? It'd be in the like uh, arrest affidavit. I don't know. But anyway, that's not fun for the show. So Emma, we cut to Stabler explaining like Emma must have stolen some mushrooms from his lab. Right. And she's like, this is a big scene. There's going to be some two way mirror tricks when you hear like the sound of knocking. We're just going to play the whole thing right now. 3326 to 3704. Right. Is that your final answer? So Emma stole the mushrooms from your lab. Stole them? I, I never went to his lab. Mm. Well, see as you searched your apartment and found the exact same type of mushrooms that were used to kill Lindsay Eldon. So how are you and the professor meet? Emma came to our water rights group. April 7th. 
such fire in her eyes for the planet. She told us about her grandma's land deal and the Catskills. What land deal? With Lindsay Elding. That woman was quietly buying upstate land and selling the water rights to Cola now. Lindsay cozied up to Granny and got her to sell the estate. Let me guess, Granny's land has lots of water on it. Cola now taps that aquifer. Half of New York City dries up. I asked Grammy not to sell that land to Lindsay. I begged her. But you wouldn't listen to you. Because in Grammy's eyes, how'd you put it? Lindsay's an amazing woman. But you? Just a rehab screw-up. She's not a screw-up. She's a subtle person in a loud world. You're in love with her. That's why he pleaded guilty. Oh, I like the soapbox too, but... Yes. Emma and I are in love. Love? And my family love is about being at the right event in the right dress. Gossiping about social twaddle. I've, I've never understood it. But Lindsay did. She's grandma's dream girl. So you killed her. I didn't kill her. Well, I'll bet you if Lindsay were sitting in that chair, Francine Brooks would have raced right down here to make sure she's okay, don't you think? I'll tell you what. What we see about that? No, Granny. She really doesn't give a damn about you, does she? She loves me. Like you love Vinny? He meets some oddball guy? He's not odd. He's his own person. After a few kisses, he teaches you all you need to know about deadly mushrooms. When he's not looking, you stuff him into your purse. Kind of like that, Professor? He's out there? Just telling us the truth behind your lies. She can't see me. Or hear you. Vinny, I'm sorry. Sorry? So I'm under arrest and said nothing. No, Vinny, I love you. Mm -hmm. Really? So much that you wanted him to do your prison time for you. I can't. I can't. I, I just. I can't. You can't? You can't confess to murdering the mother of a nine-year-old? Let me in there. Not a chance. How much do you think her little girl is crying right now? Please just leave me alone. So, as Emma's saying all this, Elliot's poking and poking at her after she's at the two-way mirror watching him, and then they turn off the function, which I didn't know you could do. Of course you can, though. The function that, like, makes it a two-way mirror. I, I'm so scared of those things. Those, I, I, I always... I feel like look, when I was a kid and like I learned that that exists, like for a while when you like go to like a like go to the mall and you're like trying something on the, in like the like the little room, yeah, changing room, you're like, is that a two way mirror? Is there some like creep here at the Sears? Yes. Well, I thought it was the same thing like when I'd go to Express in the mall as a teenager because there would be like 
I guess it's that same thing as like the fentanyl or like the, you know, needle in the movie theater seat or like, you know, the yeah, like fentanyl and Halloween candy, like all those little things that we would learn about growing up. Like, I think it might be more of one of those things, but I I do think we have to be more careful of technology. But I was so naive about it. I thought perhaps there was a man simply staring at me to make sure I'm not shoplifting on the other side of the mirror at Express, almost as if he was built into the wall. But it was, it's actually funny. I just saw this. There's a clip from, this is probably like late 90s era, like Simpsons, where like Bart is changing in a room and they have a camera and they're like checking for kids, like stealing stuff in the room. Like they have video cameras in there. And I'm like, is that like, that like clearly is playing off of that actual fear. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope I did. I hope the Simpsons didn't inform. I mean, I think the Simpsons actually informed a lot of pieces of a lot of our psyches, but like, this is one I really hope I didn't pick up from the Simpsons. And when you think about it, that would absolutely be fucking illegal on so many levels to be watching a 14 year old changing on camera in a dressing room. They probably have like a a camera, like, in the hallway outside of the dressing room. Like, oh, did he go in with this pair of jeans and like walk out with them on? I don't know. That's exactly what they had. And like, I will say that's what my friends who all shoplifted. I I did steal guys. I did steal two tank tops from Express, maybe three, no two, a pink and a blue. And I stole them because my friends were going to the mall and they were doing damage every weekend. Like they were literally killing the game in terms of what they do like they'd bring like a pair of shoes in to return and then like hold the box and then like act like they were the things they were doing was insane and like i had a couple friends who i'm pretty sure were like really addicted to it and i'd be like how do your parents not know and i guess i just realized that maybe they were just rich or something and so their parents didn't realize that they had like $40,000 worth of new clothes in their house because it became like a it became a thing and like I guess they had never really busted the girls but they would first of all they'd like wear baggy clothes and layer all the clothing underneath it and then like I know that the store the weather vane shout out to anyone I think the weather vane was closed down in like 2006 or something but they, I remember they approached one of the shoplifters I used to hang out with and were like, we know what you do here. And I was like, but why can't you prove it? Yeah. Or they just, maybe that guy was getting a cut. What if you found out one of your kids had a serious uh, shoplifting addiction? I don't know. Like in their teenagers? I, no, they're they're younger. They're like, they're not like off on their own doing Oh, stuff. no. I mean, like, but what would you, like, what would you do? I don't know. Scenario? I don't know. Do you think? Because like you don't want to turn your kids in for stealing like mall clothes. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn them in. I probably would. Gosh, I don't know. Depending upon what company it was, I'd be like, did you get caught? No. Okay. Well, I would say you have to donate it to charity. That's probably what I would do and be like, well, this stuff came to you free, so it shouldn't be a big deal to uh, help people who need it. Yeah, that's a better. That's a better. That's a good one. I mean, I don't know, but I also, yeah, I'd probably be the most permissive parent in the entire world. So basically like Emma starts to snap and she's like, I killed that two-faced bitch. She stepped over me in order to get to granny. She never even loved me, which is sad because they met in rehab. Yeah, it's probably her sponsor. 
I, yeah, that's her rehab friend. So she's like, it was, so Olivia's like, it was never about the water. It was about revenge. And like, that's sort of her like attempt to like turn Vinny against Emma. Like she, he goes like, the only water I see are her fake tears. So Emma's in the back of the room while all this stuff is going on. Like all these conversations, Vincent tries to bring in. She's just stuffing her face with badly dyed button mushrooms that you'd get from Amazon.com. You know what I mean? Like just the, if you're calling Amazon grocery, that's what you're getting. So he goes, she goes, tell Graham she's rid of the problem child. Cause they're all trying to get her to spit them out. So we wake up. Okay, this is my biggest fear is waking up in the hospital after pulling some shit like that. Like the main reason I've never pulled shit like that, like even in my most dramatic in my most dramatic eras is because I couldn't imagine the embarrassment of waking up in the hospital after pulling something like that. Well, and so I I, I want to go well there's one thing so in the part where she's we you I want to mention like the diabolical plot that like the grandmother is part of. And now you realize like not only this grandmother is like has some blood diamonds in her past, but she's still like trading land to like steal water from the entire city of New York. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering how that would happen. So like the spring in the Catskills goes to New York City, famous for. Yeah, so all all the water in New York City comes from like upstate way upstate new york not necessarily in the catskills i feel like they 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 embellished it a tiny bit of course but how do they yeah, get like, it down there pipes uh i don't know isn't that crazy? like how do they yeah they might they must get it down there somehow because new york's known for its exceptional water right and so she's buying up land she's like conspiring with the victim so she realizes that she's buying up all this land they're all you know to She's selling the land to wait. What how how did how did it go? To, she was um, selling cola now. So basically, she had yes. this place up in the Catskills that I think was like family property, and on that property, there's a lot of water. She was going to sell it to cola now. Yeah, she was going to sell it to cola now, and Vincent is has Vinny has convinced himself, and I don't know if this is true or not. It seems I'm going to be real with you. It seems a little sort of desperate foreshadowing a little bit more than it is like reality in any way where it's like when people are like new york's gonna be underwater and it's like well yeah someday it will be but is it is it like you make it sound like it's next month like we need to be working on the issue but it's like literally not happening in a month because he says like as soon as that sells to cola now (laughs) water in new york city is going to be 50 percent of what it was and it's like, well, like, what do you mean? People are going to turn on the faucet and there will be nothing. Like, is that, I don't think it's really going to like happen like that. It's just going to eventually yeah. get worse. I mean, I guess in general already it would get worse just from lack of water. And then if, or, or I guess what I, in my mind, I was thinking it, they would still have the water flow to New York, but then they would charge the city for it. Yeah. And yeah. what's going to happen is that they're not going to have water or that New York is going to be underwater. Take your pick. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you're going to have too much water there. She just wants to be like the water queen. Yeah, she's the well, she's the water queen. I think in some ways these environmentalists as well are, are the water queens as well, you know? So because they're, they're saying, okay, anyway. So she wakes up in the hospital. They're like, <laughs> Olivia is so bold. And like, this is where I feel like she really misses out on what the victims are going through because she's like, 
we pumped your stomach and she's acting like this is like some life-saving act that was like a good thing for this girl when like she's like i really wish you hadn't like she's probably sitting there thinking like i was good like i'd come to terms like what do you like i don't need to you know like i would have preferred you just left me but there she's like don't worry congratulations you're still alive so grammy comes in and she puts like and emma sort of like reaches out for her and grammy's like you will take your hand off me and she's like you're not my grandchild i only came for my intaglio and olivia's like you're taking the necklace she could use that on a defense attorney and Emma's like, I would never do that. And grandma goes, just like you would never wreck my Mercedes or lose your virginity at 15 or stuff that garbage up your nose. Like that is the, that's the craziest series of charges I've ever seen. Yeah. I, but literally the note that I wrote at that scene is the granny is just like a stro- stone cold bitch. She is a stone. No, she is. She cares about nothing. And like, cause like she even says that at one point, Emma says that like being in love where she's from is like wearing the right cocktail dress and like talking to the right people at the party. So she doesn't really like know what love is based on what she's learned from her family. So that's incredibly sad but also yeah like it just goes to show people who people who live in that lifestyle which i find to be very unfulfilling personally they're very like fulfilled by their judgment and also like just keeping up appearances and emma blew that for her so she came to get her i i do think this is a little like broke bitch of her though to come pick up her necklace because i'd i'd personally i'd personally let it go i'd be thinking like it's in um and even that they that they did all that they pumped her stomach and left her necklace on like i'm pretty sure they would take her jewelry off or something like that right yeah well also like couldn't she theoretically use the necklace to try and kill herself afterwards right because it's pointy yeah and like the other thing too is like the grandmother comes and takes it away but presumably if it's her granddaughter she's in her will did she like go get her will amended like in the time it took them to pump her stomach well i think she's just like you're probably gonna go to jail so this is gonna give me an opportunity to amend my will because she says like you will get nothing she's giving the necklace by the way to Lindsay's daughter which is like babe Lindsay's daughter's growing up a rich manhattan night like probably with more of a leash than you like that dad's going to be so much more permissive because her mom is dead. Like, I don't think you can expect the world of Lindsay's Lindsay's daughter either. Like, yeah, what if she just she wants to like put her faith in someone, right? I feel like she kind of like she kind of fumbled it a little bit because if you want to leave it to someone, at least she knows Emma. I mean, yes, Emma is a murderer, but you don't know. You'll be dead by the time Lindsay's daughter is old enough to be up to that shit. So I don't know. Anyway, I have notes. So she's like, you know, Emma's like, I can't believe you think that's what I cared about. And she goes, I don't frankly care. Would it be like frankly care or I frankly don't care? I think it's I I would say I frankly don't care. Right. I'm going to my friend was talking today about lines that were like clunky or like the director never got a good take. And I'm going to send this to her today. Okay, so. She goes, I just wanted a mom. And like the grandma turns back and she's like, yes, well, she died. And the way she delivers the line is so cunty. 
right? Yeah, she just like dripping with just disdain. And this is where we see the and by the way, like not even to invoke her name because like she has nothing to do with a plot like this. But this is where we see the true man that is like an Amber Heard supporter show up in the world. Vincent's waiting at her door with a bouquet of wildflowers. And he's like, I'm going to stick beside her. And they're like, even after she lets you take the fall and he goes, nobody's perfect. And it's like, yes, like this is a man who has done the work via mushrooms and realizes you can forgive your girlfriend for murder when you have similar <laughs> enough values. I mean, he wanted to he wanted her dead just as much as she did. But unfortunately, in this case, it came at like the expense of like everything for her. Not they him. were a means to an end for each other. Like there was probably a time I think Emma, I think Emma was cosplaying the whole time she was with Granny. I feel like she like would have like a really good like heavy like raccoon eye mascara like eyeliner look. Yeah, she's got like an alter ego going. Well, she just seems like she's alt and then she's just now she's just wearing like plain cotton tops and looks like very conservative and boring. So, yeah, he says like nobody's perfect. And that's how the episode ends with like Olivia and Elliot just like staring at the two of them like they're fucking freaks. So, Evan. That was Law and Order SVU, season 12, episode five, Wet. Do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the, I think one thing I'll just kind of maybe I've mentioned it before. I think I feel like in the they they brought light to like a serious issue of water insecurity and corporations stealing water. And I feel like the way the episode ends is they kind of just kind of skip over that part and they kind of like lay everything on like the grandmother as kind of being like the evil person in it. And they don't really, you kind of like are left forgetting like who the, I mean, the granny is a terrible person, but like you're left kind of forgetting about the cola now and you know, the, the horrors that they probably commit as like a mega corp stealing water from people. So they kind of lay it on the granny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it def yes, it definitely feels. I mean, they always have to find one ultimate bad guy, though, right? Like it right. never comes down to like, oh, here's a group of people who conspired to do something and they're all equally guilty. It always comes down to one person's flaws. And Lindsay's not there to claim them because, like, when you think about it, I don't know. I'm still not comfortable with the way that Lindsay, like, do you think Lindsay befriended Emma in rehab because she found out she was like the heiress from this like wishing time thing? And she's like, well, I'm not on, I, get, I don't get to be on Coke anymore. So I, and I probably really need to clean up messes at the office. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if like there might have been a little bit of a thing where Lindsay, and I think that's what's implied, is that right. like, this was always more about getting back at Lindsay for co-opting grandma. Yeah, I mean, I think I, my, my bet is in rehab, it wasn't, she didn't like specifically go there to find her. It's like you're opening up in rehab, you find out who she is, you know, her family is. You're vulnerable. And then she uses that basically to make her company, her employer, millions of dollars herself. I'm assuming fairly wealthy. Well, because again, and it, yeah, like like the playground thing was something her grant her grandfather, grandma's grandfather, was was donating carousels and fucking playgrounds and shit to Central Park as far back as 1910. And then 
then like the you know Lindsay's working on these jungle gyms and she's like got him she's like i'm in rehab with the perfect fuck i can swing this so fucking easily when she's at her most vulnerable yeah this this reminds me like in a part of like the plot for that like midnight mid 2000 early 2000s movie was it thank you for smoking with aaron urquhart where he like works for big tobacco and he's like you know obviously in that he has like the realization of like how evil it is Whereas I don't think Lindsay cared. Like she was clearly, she was good at her job, but she clearly was conspiring to take over land. Like it was, she was doing whatever it took. Yeah, I love Jason Reitman as a director. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, but I do love him as a director. I think he's fantastic. I've been meaning to watch it forever. But yeah, I mean, I think Lindsay is a fucking, she, Lindsay is the villain in this movie. And I'm so sorry for what fucking happened to her dog. But I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, not- they kind of, yeah, I think that's maybe that's it too, is they kind of just, she's the victim, but she's also like the perpetrator of horrible shit. And I think that also like, well, she might be the victim because she's a perpetrator of horrible shit. Like that's also that yes. where it's like, you do a bunch of fucked up shit, you're going to get whacked. But then do you think that, Emma got into water because she wanted to like do something that was against the family name. Like, is that the other subtext of this? Like she just wanted to like fuck with the family name and fuck with Lindsay. So she got into this water guy because they were absolutely like opposing soda. So I mean, like she, she did it just to like piss her off. I think that's what they were implying during the two way mirror scene. And then eventually she just like became enamored by it and like, felt actually was something she wanted to do yeah or maybe she was just like maybe she emma is just like a manipulator too and she like happened to fall for the guy she was manipulating isn't the plot of Gili? i don't know i haven't seen that uh, anyway so there's some trivia for this episode this is the first episode to use the new precinct of chelsea piers in the chelsea piers area okay so third time christopher maloney and david crumholtz work together they were both in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Where Wait, he's Mar- in Harold and Kumar. Sorry. Yeah, he is. He, I guess he's in that. Did you, did, do you remember seeing that in the theater? David Crumholtz. I know. I know. I remember David Crumholtz's his part in the movie. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. And then, yeah, he also, I guess. Yeah. So this is the third time. OK, so then Michael Boatman and Zach Greenier. I don't think it's Grenier. I think it's, I don't know, are both regulars on another legal drama, The Good Wife. They also feature in its spinoff, The Good Fight. Have you ever seen The Good Wife? People love that show. I have not. My my wife is loves that show, though. She saw it a number of years ago. Maybe I should dip in. So Natural History Museum is not the name of the Natural History Museum in New York, but in London. And it says, since the episode aired, attention has moved from high fructose corn syrup to colas to sugar added sugars and processed foods in general so okay thanks to whoever put that in there it also features an early television this one um may give away plot points it says okay it features an early television appearance by melissa buenoist oh that this is the chick who fucking plays superwoman before her breakout yes. roles in glee and whiplash after leaving the series at the end wait after leaving the series at the end of the season Christopher Maloney had a supporting role in the Superman reboot, Man of Steel, 2013. How do you say? Is it Benoist? I don't know. I feel like I've, that's I only watch like moron YouTubers like do 
entertainment news. So I don't know how to say anything. I'm certainly not looking anything up, but they've worked together. So, oh, I wanted, I want to call myself on this goof as well. The first time Grammy talks about the necklace, she pronounces it intaglio, incorrect. When she takes it back, she pronounces it intaglio. So it's uh, no G. The G is not there. Did you read any of these reviews? I didn't read any of the reviews. No, Are they were there. Were, were there some gems? Let me just let me just do a little quick surveil. Okay, this is the last one. Left wing propaganda. This is from Stratus underscore fear. <laughs> this is my favorite part of every show. When I get to when I have time to do this, let me know if you if you have to go. But okay. So I'm sending you this guy's page just so you know. It's all, oh my God, his whole thing is like left-wingers will love this. Everything liberal hogwash. These are the titles of all of his different reviews. So on this episode, he says, it's from June 7th, 2018. So this man was slowly unwinding probably at this point. The SVU police turn themselves into the sugar police. When they interview people, they always ask, that doesn't bother you? And then they get into their anti-cola rant. Who do these people think they are? No one is required to justify themselves to these holier-than-thou jerk detectives. I'm so tired of so many episodes being ruined by pontification by left-wingers. I'm so sick of hearing them discuss the so-called ills of society that are really nothing more than people living their lives freely in a free country. They talk about soda tax like it's a good thing. A good thing is government staying out of people's personal business. This episode turned me off so much that I poured myself a big glass of cola. What are you going to do? Arrest me? (laughs) Holy shit. I actually love This guy would absolutely love my podcast. Dude, we should get him on your pod. This guy literally goes on Wikipedia. This guy spent... All of quarantine, just what? No, this is pre-quarantine. This was when he was juicing up for the uh, election. This guy's fully got in on QAnon. Let me see review date. Yeah. So anyway, Evan, this was a fucking blast to have you. People should go check out your podcast. Left of the projector. You have great opinions. You're great on TikTok. You're the best. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Molly. Appreciate it. It's been fun. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to tell people about before we go? Like for for you? No, I mean you mentioned the the show. You know, uh, you can follow on any of the socials: Instagram, TikTok. You know, you can find me on all the podcasting platforms of your preference. And we'll have we'll have that all in the description as well. Oh my god, I'm taking a screenshot of this review right now. All right, you guys, we'll talk to you soon, and have a great you know have a great life. Do whatever you want, as as our friend stratus fear would want you to have do whatever you want you're an american or not but either way live your truth and have a have a nice time bye what does feminism mean to you During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. 
Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.